Welcome to Modern Day Abigails, a women's outreach of Calvary Chapel Pearland. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's listen to God's Word, where everyday lives transform, and where we can become the women God created us to be. All right, so we're in verse um, Ephesians 5, verse um, 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. That is a, no selfishness in that one. Not at all. No, no, no. There's not supposed to be selfishness nice. in it. It's a good way to put it. Exactly. For no one ever, this is verse 29, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. Verse 30, Ephesians 5, verse 30. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. This is talking about Jesus, that we are all members of his body, his flesh, and his bones. And in Ephesians 5, verse 31, it says, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. No respects is giving reverence. And I um, had a woman try to ask me that. She said, well, what if he doesn't deserve respect? I've never seen a condition on respect in here. There's never been a condition. You're supposed to respect them even when they don't deserve it. We're supposed to love people when they don't deserve mm-hmm. it. I mean, if Jesus only loved us when we deserved it, none of us would. Uh, we wouldn't be. We wouldn't have love. We wouldn't be saved. There's no, no way. There'd be no way we'd he said even we, be going to heaven. Yeah, because he said we, I'll, you love because I first loved you. We couldn't even understand mm-hmm. what love is. If Jesus didn't do it first. And what's funny is, I don't know that woman that you are speaking of, but I bet you, I bet you probably 100% that she was demanding things from her husband. She wasn't even married. Oh, gosh. She was once. No, no, she was once. Okay. So she was probably demanding things that she didn't deserve as well. Yeah. No, she, well, she was actually mad at um, some other man and she was trying to trap me. Oh. And uh, it didn't work. Because I looked at her <laughs> straight in the eyes and said, does it matter? Because she felt disrespected, even though it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Even though it was no disrespect there. It's just that this particular guy didn't agree with her. And, she, and for good reason. Um, she was one of the Fifty Shades people. Oh. And um, she got mad. And, and that's when, that's, that's the rest of the story. So mm-hmm. she tried to say that this person wasn't respectful. And, and I said, it doesn't matter. The Bible says we are to respect. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it doesn't stop just that husbands we're supposed to, because you cannot tell me I can respect my husband, but not the guy down the street, my neighbor. It, it, God has never worked that way. No. And if you're not respectful to your husband, if you're respectful to your husband, you're going to be respectful to the men around you. Now, if I had one guy, you know, the guys say, you know, like, wow, you're really respectful. Well, I had to learn to be respectful to my husband. Mm-hmm. Once I got learned how to be respectful to him and my dad and my grandpa, my, you know, it, it just flows out. Yeah. So this person was mad about that. And when I looked them in the eye and said, it doesn't matter, you're supposed to anyway, then that's when they were like, well, you know, and then they try to give me all these other excuses. And I'm like, just shake my head. I'm like, well, I don't know what to say. But no, the Bible's very clear. Yeah, the Bible's clear. So that's why. I, um, and this is why I want to go. So this is where it gets more fun, because I know some some women, they get very angry with the rest of the Bible. And I think it's some of it, I think we're noticing, I think it's because they don't really read it. 
the things that the God does ask women to do. I think we forget that the women were at the tomb first. They got to see Jesus resurrected Mm -hmm. first. They were there anointing him before his death. Mm -hmm. So I think that when they try to get mad at Paul and stuff for showing order in the, in the Bible, it's because they're forgetting that God, Jesus already said, look at this, look at this, look at this. Look in the Old Testament. We see, we see Deborah, we see Abigail, we see Esther, we see Ruth and Naomi and all that. We see some very empowered. And I think that's what um, one of the uh, young women in our church, she goes, are you going to talk about the difference between feminism and empowerment? We see where the Lord has empowered women to do things mm-hmm. in order for a specific purpose, mm-hmm. specific plan, just like the flowers. You can look at us. We're flowers. We're not better than the trees. We're not better than the bees, but we're not going to be able to produce fruit without the bees in the tree because the, the flower gets its water. It gets its food from the tree, but it cannot reproduce without the bee coming in and making the pollen fall. So that's why it has to all go together in, in just one big bundle picture. It's a very good analogy. The Lord um, talks about it in Romans 1 about the invisible qualities. I, I took a walk mm-hmm. the other day at work. We have a little nature shell. And I got some of the greatest co-workers. I have to go check in with my parole officer before I'm allowed to go walk in. Oh, yep. who's, who's that? Uh, who's one of the guys at my work. He won't oh. let me. He, he could see me. He got very upset one day because I went to go walk. And Ray's like, good. Good for him. You shouldn't be walking and doing that right? without checking out and checking in. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I guess I need to go get me a big stick. But they get concerned with that. And I'm walking over there. Now, he'll also tell you that if you got kidnapped, they just bring you back. I said, hey, I might ask him where they're going to take me first. Right. <laughs> He's like, Anna. So anyway, um, the, the reason I was going with this is that God was reminding me of that the other day when I was looking all around and, and there was some beautiful flowers. It had been raining. So there's part of the trail is so flooded. Uh, I couldn't even walk it, but I could see the dragonflies and the flowers and, and the Lord was reminding me about his invisible qualities. And that's what that tree with that whole bundled package, you know, they go together. If you looked at the tree as the husband and the flower as the wife and you have the Lord there and the three of them working together, you know, so Ladies, let me ask you, how bad is this order thing sounding? Does it really sound that bad? I think it sounds fantastic. Well, we're going to talk about here in a minute because I want to show you how uh, the Lord's order and how we're going to see this in um, the Bible. And I'm sorry, Joanna, we are actually going to go through Genesis 3 because it's important to see what sin has done. Oh, I love Genesis. Good. So we're going to be there. So what I wanted to say real quick yeah. is that um, I was in uh, a 20-year, almost 20-year marriage where the order was completely wonky. It, the God's order didn't exist at all. So when I know, and, and it was solid chaos. And um, so when I am around couples where the order is correct, it's so refreshing to see because the Lord is just moving and grooving in that marriage, right? you know, and it's such harmony and it's not, um, it's not chaotic, right? right. There's a huge, huge difference when everybody is playing their God given role. Right. And that's what we're going to see is how, um, I want to show it in Timothy and then I want to show it in the Bible, how the enemy likes to get in oh, and the sure. enemy is going to go try to go through somebody. And I'm going to show you why he usually goes through the wife. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, the enemy had me convinced one time. And I didn't even know he convinced me this until later. It got brought up or uh, some things that got brought up. And I'm like, Lord, I don't understand. It was a conversation I had. And I didn't understand the conversation. It was between um, another pastor and Ray and I. And I didn't understand where the conversation was coming from. I'm like, what the heck were they talking about behind my back? I don't even know where this conversation came from. And so for about two days, I was like miserably crying and 
off and on, and I just didn't understand what was going. And finally, um, the Lord started showing me what I had actually had in my heart that I didn't know was there. So there was this, uh, we have equipment that come in, and sometimes I have to go out there to look at the equipment because sometimes either somebody's not there or they won't do it. They want me to do it. It's brand new equipment. And so Harold was a great truck driver, and he always come in, and we got to know each other. And um, my work had given me this cool little flash drive. And I thought, oh, man, my dad's going to like this. He likes these little trinket things. And I was like, oh, he'll like this. And uh, Harold comes in to, to you know, drop off some equipment, and the Lord's like, give it to Harold. I'm like, but, Lord, my dad's going to like this. Give it to Harold. Seriously, Lord, my dad's going to like it. Lord, he's so patient. He's like, give it to Harold. Here you go, Harold. Would you like this? He's like, what is it? I said, oh, it's a flash drive. He goes, what's a flash drive? And I'm going in my heart. Lord, see, he doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> so I explained to Harold what a flash drive was. So he took it, came back with another piece of equipment. So we're going out and the Lord goes, ask him where he's going to go when he dies. Now, this time I didn't argue. I couldn't understand that. I'm like, hey, Harold, God wants me to ask you, where are you going to go when you die? So we have this brief conversation um, at the point where he starts backing up. And I, I know that's when I'm supposed to stop when people back away. So I did. And I just like, I don't understand this. And so as I'm walking back into the building, the Lord goes, did I make you stop talking to your dad when you got married? Well, no. He said, why do you think I stopped talking to you? See, the enemy had convinced me that if I had fully submitted to my husband, the Lord wouldn't talk to me anymore. And I wasn't going to have that. I had spent 13 years talking to the Lord all the time. And the idea that I would never hear the Lord's voice again actually kept me from being submissive to my husband to the point where I was getting so angry because I thought everything he said was just mean. And it wasn't. He was trying to protect me. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't see it because I'm thinking, you know. So anyway, so for those, so I want to show you that sometimes the enemy was going to go in there. He's going to try to talk to you. He's going to tell you lies because he's trying to split you up. And he's going to go through you, ladies. I'm so sorry to tell you this, but he is going to go through you. And I'm going to show you why he's going to go through you. Because guess what? At the very beginning, it worked. Yep. Ooh, it worked. Sure did. So he's not going to stop. And I can show you through other scriptures where he tried to make it work again. I'll also show you where he didn't make it work. Well, we're vul- we women are like vul- we're vulnerable. We're more vulnerable. They say the word vulnerable. Vulnerable, vulnerable than men. We we have emotions, you know. And we're going to talk about it because he created us differently. Yes, I want to show you that too. Not that men don't have emotions, but we women use our emotions a lot. Ours are a lot stronger. Sometimes we probably should use our emotions a little less. Apparently. I agree. I agree, but. But he did that on purpose. It's mm-hmm. a, again, God created us differently for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was making uh, a soup that kind of mimics that Zupistana at, at mm-hmm. Olive Garden. And I got it out of order. Oh, I had a mess. I had a big, messy pot because I thought, hey, while I'm cooking my bacon, I should be able to throw my onions and garlic in there. It didn't go well. <laughs> Black. I have, we had to open the doors. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I had a fire. <laughs> But they are all great individually, but they have to work together a certain way. Otherwise, you get this smoky mess and a burnt pan. So that's what I want to talk about here is, is that the Lord created this differently for a purpose. If everything tastes like onion, wouldn't that be great? Ugh. What if everything tastes like garlic? Yeah. Uh, right. So he, he didn't make men and women the same for a purpose. Mm-hmm. What would be the point? If he made us exactly the same, why would he need us both? 
Exactly. But he made us to be able to mesh and intertwine. To work together. Perfectly. And that's what we're going to see. Become one flesh. Exactly. But if you're out of order, you can't. Nope. All right. So I'm going to actually start in, in, in 1 Timothy verse 2. Or not verse 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 8. I desire therefore that the men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath or doubting. I like that part. Don't doubt. In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with proprietary and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothes. All right, ladies, let's stop there because I know some of y'all like to shop and like to get your hair done. He is not talking about you can't do that. It's a sin if you do that. What he's saying is that's not our main focus. You want to look good for your husband, but golly, look good for your husband. Yeah. You know, Um, he's saying that, though, but we're not supposed to be out there and Contrary to popular belief, we're not supposed to be this bright, huge, shiny light for everybody to see. We should be that sweet, shining light for our spouse. Yep. Our families. You're like, okay, what about the ladies who are like, well, I'm single. What about me? You know, I want to get out there so I can find a man. Guarantee you, you want to find a good man? Quiet, soft, quiet, gentle spirit does it. In fact, <laughs> right now we're watching old ads the other day. And it was an ad for a thing called Love Baby Soft. And it was showing a woman who was yelling at a guy and a guy was like, whatever. But when she softly spoke and just kind of, just kind of sat there and smiled, oh, he was right there. Is that the spray? Yes. I yes. wore that spray. <laughs> but it was showing that. I love that spray. It was a cute, but it was a great picture of a quiet, gentle spirit. Because I looked yeah. at Ray, I'm like, ooh, quiet, gentle spirit. And how that was a bigger burst of light than, and then trying to be showy and flashy. You know, being s- sweet and simple accomplish more yep and so ladies who are single we're not saying that you know we're not saying we're not don't turn us off we're not we're talking to you too because either i'm single i'm a great catch yes you are there's nothing wrong with me no there's not there is a good man out there exactly he's just runs a turtle instead of a horse (laughs) i don't understand what um my whole point to say that was that um i had to learn all of these things that we're talking about. And so when it's time, when the Lord brings that husband to me, and I'm very content, let's just say that right now, I'm totally content in my singleness, but I will already be ready. Exactly. And, and I will, I've already been learning about order. Right. And it will be um, a sweet union that the Lord has put together. Right. And for ladies who are like, look, I ain't getting married. I am too old for that. Or I don't want to. That's okay. Because that's you know fine. what? We're also going to talk about order in the workplace. Ooh. And in an the or- family. In the family. There's always a good order so that you can fit in. I want single ladies to understand that they have a place too. They have a purpose. Mary Magdalene wasn't married. Look no. at her purpose. She never was. No. So it's not, well, I mean, after the New Testament, we don't know what yeah, happened, but exactly. we're just saying is up until that point, she was single yep. and the Lord used her anyway. So I'm saying the Lord uses all Paul women. was single. Yes, he was. The Lord used him yes, in mighty, mighty exactly. Ways. But I'm trying to think of women. Okay. You know, Ruth was single for a while. Her until, husband died. She was a widow. Yeah, and okay. then she got married. But look what the Lord did with her as a widow. Yeah. You know, so there's lots of women who, whether you're married or not married, the Lord has a purpose and a place for you, and we still can be in our order. It's just because we all have to work together. It's a function. Like I said, that soup didn't work out when I got it out of order. But when I put all the different flavors in, it was a great soup. 
It's delicious. So we don't want to be, we want to, we, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to word it right. We want to, we want to be a good soup together. It's a, <laughs> Okay, I do like that. It's a great <laughs> recipe. That's cute, Anna. I was just saying, we want to be a good soup yeah. together. We want to be tasty. <laughs> I like and that. Yeah, filling, tasty, that's filling, cute. nutrition. Yeah. So that's what we're, that's our point. And for those who don't cook, that they, they may be so. What if you? I mean, you I'm going to get a shirt made. Can we be get a good soup together? Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Let's be soup together. <laughs> that doesn't sound a bit creepy at all. No, <laughs> no it's going to get a lot of questions. Hmm. We may not recommend that one, yeah, ladies. Yeah, maybe not. So, um, so after he talks about being, you know, modest, he says, let a woman learn in silence with all submission. In other words, don't Ooh. be loud. I know, that one's a hard one. Let a woman learn. And I'm telling you, that was a hard one because I'm the one in the classroom going, hey, I got a question. Hey, I'll volunteer. <laughs> but he's, he, what he's saying is, is, is to learn in quietness. Ruth. If we, want, if we use Ruth as a good example, and we will have to go through her, she's a great example of being quiet and learning because she understood who the God of Abraham was, mm-hmm. Isaac and Jacob, but yet we never saw where she actually learned it. Mm-hmm. So she learned it in a quietness, and she learned it deeply. And was, and you're not saying women don't have a voice. Exactly. No, I'm not saying that at all. That's not what we're talking no, about. No, because here. we had plenty. Esther had a good voice. I mean, hey, don't I don't let my people die nonstop. Right. I'm not saying that either, but our voices are to be used rightly because if we're, if we're wrong, if we're not using our voices rightly, we're nothing but a noisy New word. Rightly. Yeah. Look rightly. it up. Yeah. If I say we're not using it correctly, <laughs> rightly, correctly, <laughs> we're going to be just nothing but noisiness that nobody listens to. What are those scriptures? It's better to be, of course, this is referring to a wife, but it's better to be um, living in the corner of a house alone than living with a contentious wife. Yeah. Exactly. Wife or any woman who nags. I don't care if you're a wife or not. I, now I tell them at work all the time. I'm like, look guys, I'm, I'm paid the nag. I had one guy, I told him that. I was like, look, I'm paid the nag. So we got to talk about this. He goes, you don't nag. I don't think if you nagging, I don't use that word around him anymore because it yeah. really bothered him. <laughs> I was just saying, my, my point was, is like, look, I don't, I don't like to, you know, we got to go over something we've talked about before, but I'm just saying, you're right. It is not saying that we don't have a voice at all. Is that our voices need to be used wisely and correctly because then all of a sudden it's heard. With some good discernment, yes. godly wisdom and discernment. Right. And we have plenty of women in the Bible. We mm-hmm. can talk about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes they were quiet. Esther was quiet until she wasn't supposed to be quiet. Ruth was quiet until she wasn't supposed to be quiet. You know, uh, the woman who broke the alabaster oil on Jesus, she didn't speak, but yet she spoke louder than right. anybody. I mean, those guys got chastised for talking yep. about the way they did because, but yet she was silent. Yep. Sometimes silence is bigger the than bu- actual words. And you may have it in here. I'm not sure yet, but the Bible either. talks about how um, a gentle, quiet spirit can lead an unsaved man to yep. Jesus because the Lord will use it. That's not the exact wording, right? but it's in second Peter. Yeah, it is. And you know what? And I, I don't have that Peter one in five. here because uh, we had talked about that during the, the, if you missed it, ladies, we do have a section in the podcast for a quiet, gentle spirit. And we do talk about that. Sometimes our quietness actually speaks louder than anything. Was that our, did we already do that podcast? Yeah, we did. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Take a listen. All right. All right. So this is where I was getting at. Uh, this is uh, 1 Timothy 2, verse 13. 
Nope. We're at verse 12. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but, but to be in silence. Now, women can teach women. Mm-hmm. Women can teach children. He's saying that a woman is not to teach a man. It, Paul was not trying to be rude. This is why. We're going to go to verse 13. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. All right, let's just break this down because this one sounds like, whoa. All right. Oh, this is so controversial. Yes, it is. So what do you have for us? Well, we're going to go to Genesis. Paul did not decide that she was deceived. He was actually quoting Eve. Eve is the one who said, I was deceived. Eve, the wife, the woman. Yes, she's the one who said, I was deceived. Who didn't protect her? Adam. Exactly. Adam. Sorry, I wasn't speaking in the mic. Adam was not protecting her. Because when we read it, he was right there. Oh, yeah. And she she handed it to him. Yeah. He should have said, no, ma'am. She should have looked at the serpent and said, look, you need to go talk to my husband. He should have took a big rock. Yep. Killed Killed the the serpent on the head. Protected the wife. Exactly. Flung him. Somebody asked, like, what would you have done? I'm like, she just flung that snake. Of course, I got that look. Just saying. She just flung the snake. Yeah. He was right there. And he did nothing. And it's not saying that you have to have a birth a child to be saved. That's not what he's saying either. He's talking about... um, Mary is the one who was childbearing. We're talking about Jesus here. This is where he's talking about is, is Jesus is, is the one that how we get saved. Eve was saved through her descendants who gave birth to Jesus, who then became, who is the savior of the world. So let's, let's not try because there are religions out there who says you have to have a baby in order to be saved. That's not what that scripture is saying. Interesting. I've never heard that. That yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's why they have multiple that wives. Compu- that completely disqualifies the whole reason that Jesus came. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. That's, that's why there's there. That's why that's certain weird. religions can have multiple wives. From what I heard, from what yeah. from what someone told me who was in that religion, that's what she explained to me. And I just looked at her like, really interesting. Yeah, that's what she explained to me a long time ago. Can you imagine the horror for the wife who's barren? Exactly. And I know plenty of barren women. And that's why that, oh that hurts goodness. to hear that. But yeah, no, no, no. Horrific. So this is talking about. Don't listen to that. Yeah. Eve, from the beginning, Eve, descendants, takes care. You know, we have Jesus. Okay. So let's lay, I'll break that down in Genesis 2. Okay. Who was made first? Two. Joanna, who was made first? I know this. Oh, me, me, me. Adam. Where was he made? Oh, God. And he was made in the garden. Nope. Oh, wait. No. He was, made, he was made from dust. Right. He was not in the garden. No. The garden was made afterwards. I'm sorry. I got chocolate in my mouth. It's okay. Smack him. He was made. Anna, you're making me think. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. I missed Why that scripture. Why do I not know Genesis? Okay. Um, yes, Adam was from dust. Yes. So it's Genesis 2, 7 says, okay. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his Ooh. nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Now, this is where the fun part. Where? Genesis 2, 8. 
the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So first God made Adam, then he made this cute little place called Eve, uh, the Garden of Eden, and put man there. Okay. So not only, so now was Adam made first because he was better than anything else? No, the Bible never says that. No. Not once. But if you think about it, all the critters got made before him. If you want to use that logic, well, that's true. that means all the critters are better than us. Oh. Well, that's not true. Not true at all. No. So so we can't say that. And he also, he made him in a different place. The plants were made first. Does that mean we come second to plants? Exactly. Or an Weeds? ant. You're right. Or an ant or a roach. I mean, so we can't <laughs> use that logic. The thing is, is, God made Adam first. Exactly. Okay, this is good stuff. And he didn't make him inside the garden. So not only was he made first, but he was made outside the garden. Then we go to Genesis 2.20. So Adam gave, gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the air, to the beasts of the field. And at this point, it's still just Adam yeah, yep, exactly. Well, I'm sitting here thinking about Adam and having to name all the critters and him thinking, whoa, what is that? <laughs> That's what you're doing, Adam. You're naming them. Right. <laughs> you know. He's like, what is that? And the Lord's like, well, you tell me. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get to name them. Isn't that cool? He got to name them. You know, the Lord didn't have to do that with Adam. No, no, he, he gave him a job. Do. He gave him something to do. Yeah. I think it's neat. But I'm it's just thinking that all these critters coming by and Adam's going, like, oh my goodness. I mean, I see animals. I mean, we're all. So after church, ladies and gentlemen, uh, ladies. Oh my gosh. Are you talking about today? Yes. Okay. This is so We are so all funny. watching a dead cicada did. He was fascinating. We, we rolled him over. We looked at him. The five-year-old picked him up. We thought His it was cool. His mom wasn't happy. His mom by was the way. not thrilled about that. No. Anyway, we thought it was cool. But I'm just saying, we see animals to this day, and we're like, oh, my gosh, look at that. I thought he should take it home. His mom was not happy. It was dead, Joanna. <laughs> What's going to do with it? Okay, I can't say a word. Put it in jo- I'm, I can't on. say anything. There was a beautiful moth up in my upper room, and he see? died. I kept him. See? I found him a nice about. little spot. He was so pretty. So we got dusty, and then I took him outside. Our friend Melissa, she finds butterflies where they live all the time. And, girl, you know who I'm talking about. And she keeps them. They don't have a long lifespan. Where does she keep them at? She puts them in little jars and plastic containers. They only have like a... Oh, some of them only butterflies? have Butterflies? Like, no, some of them only have a weekly of some only a couple They're months. dead. The dead ones. <gasps> the dead ones. Ow. Oh, I'm I sorry. Did I of, use that? Did I forget? Yeah. I leave that word dead yeah. out? I'm okay. thinking there are live butterflies and I'm feeling so no. sorry for them. They have they have one purpose and one yeah. purpose only and they got to get the job done. Okay. They no. got to make more baby butterflies. Okay. She doesn't oh, okay. interrupt that. These oh, are dead, dead ones, ones, and oh, she I think keeps that's them and uses them on display. Oh, and I loves think that's them. a great idea because they're beautiful. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, okay. that's what, so. Anyway, I'm just thinking about. Sorry, you off know, topic. No, well, we're thinking about Adam, you know, and he's getting to see all these cool critters for the first time. He gets the Nemo. But anyway, so, um, so as he's talking in verse 20, he says, "But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Comparable. So in verse 21 of Genesis 2." And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. I got to interrupt you. I got to interrupt you right here. Okay. That right there disproves that we came from monkeys. Oh, well. Just saying. Well, you want to hear what my... He wasn't a... I want to give a shout out to Ms. Haynes. She was the bestest biology teacher ever. Woot, woot, Ms. Haynes. I will say most of the knowledge I have is because of what she taught. She's taught the basic stuff to where you could grow on it. And she... She hated talking about evolution because she goes, there is no way a monkey can be got a human. It's not possible. <laughs> yes. Yes, ma'am. All right. She was serious. She goes, they don't, we don't have the same 
chromosome. See, right here. Proof. It also proves that you can't have aliens having babies with us because we don't have the same amount of chromosomes. <laughs> well, in case if, somebody was worried about if that. they existed. I'm they just, don't, I but don't it, that's why I'm like those. That's a whole other podcast well, say, that we'll that's probably why I don't, never do. <laughs> I was like, that's why I have a hard time with aliens and, and, um, and um, sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like the alien, the one that spits and goes eats people mm-hmm. who goes against predator now unless we're talking about them okay. if we're talking, we're talking about the aliens that supposedly you know come down and mate with humans it's not, that's not possible no anyway, so back to what you said is yeah so you know and there's your biology 101 yes from but we wouldn't from take anna a, jensen <laughs> but i wouldn't do a quiz <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't go with me on that anyway but like you said um and the lord caused deep caused a deep sleep to fall on adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. It was kind of God to do that with him sleeping. Uh, yeah, right? That's always my first thought. I was like, it was nice of him to let him have a deep sleep. Yeah. Verse 22. Then the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man. And a lot of people make all types of references about why the rib, because it's closest to the heart. I don't know. It doesn't say why he chose the rib. He just, he did. Just a part of him. You know, the rib, but I do like it because the rib does protect. It protects the lungs. It protects the heart. And it would be neat that the Lord would take a bone from some, a protective a part of the body. Bone. A protective bone oh, to I create like the that. woman. That's that's why he did it. That right there. I think so, but yeah, he sure doesn't say. But it does say, so he brought her to the man. At what point did Adam wake up? I mean, did he wake up while God was still working on her? You know, did he wake up and there's all of a sudden this beautiful creature in front of him? We don't know. But we do say, you see in 23, it says, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and the wife, and were not ashamed. All right, so... We have a beautiful picture, don't we? He got himself a hot wife. Yes, he did. And guess what? She was made differently. Mm-hmm. She was not made from dust. She was made mm-hmm. from bone. And exactly. she was made inside the garden, not outside the garden. Mm-hmm. So we have two people who are designed differently. Why wouldn't they have different designs of what their occupation or what they're supposed to be what doing? their jobs are. Yeah, their job functions should their, be differently. Their, their spouse jobs. Yeah. yeah, their spouse jobs. because, Or even if it's not a spouse. The men at my work, I, I get yelled at a lot. Anna, I got that. It's too heavy. Well, yeah. We tell you that at church. I know. Too. Y'all tell me that at church, too. But the thing is, is it's not just husband and wife duty. The, the guys at my work have a very different job. And sometimes they get upset, like, Anna, I'm so sorry you have to take care of my calls. And I'm like, hey, hey, I can't fix the stuff, but I can take notes. Right. And I can <laughs> find out what the problem is and get back to you. We got a good team. I don't try to overrun them. They certainly don't ho- try to overrun me. I do have sometimes they try to help me, like try to help me with my reports. And I'm like, please don't touch my spreadsheet. Yeah. Don't touch my spreadsheet. Do you want to die? Yeah. That you do your job that I can't do. Right. I will do the job I can do. Not that you can't do it. It's just, that's please my don't. role. Don't do please it. That's don't. my role. It's like, it's not that I couldn't do their job. It's just not, that's not my place. Yeah. And so we, because of that, we work very good. My department, our department works really good with each other because we don't overrun each other. We don't try to take each other's place. We know what we need to do. We get the job done. So that's what's here. So we have man and woman made differently, Mm -hmm. made in two different spots, made two different ways. 
God is not boring. No, he's not. No. And I want to throw this in, and I may be getting ahead of you. That's okay. But I'm going to throw it in real quick. So what I used to think is that it was not okay. Uh, uh, Let me back up. I used to think that women and men had very clear um, roles of what a man does and what a woman does. That is not necessarily true in marriage. Right. Um, Some men absolutely love to cook. They're good at it. It's their passion downtime. It relaxes them. And then some women love to, to garden and mow and, you know, do whatever. And they're handy. It's the way that God made them. I used to think if you're the man, you cannot be cooking. You have to be mowing and vice versa. But in reality, I've learned now that I'm older and I I had the same stereotype thinking. Yeah, it's not true. Right. Because um, the Lord made us the way that he made us. And you may marry a man. What if you marry a chef? You gonna tell him you can't cook? I would never say that. I would I, I'd be looking right. at the la- I'd lady be like, and be like, oh, <laughs> man of my dreams. <laughs> man of my dreams. I'll do all the shopping. Give me the grocery I can list. tell you how many single women I hear. They're like, I don't think I want to get married because I don't want to have to cook. I'm like, D- hey, marry somebody I have who said that. Yeah, marry somebody who likes to cook. <laughs> and my then, dad likes to cook. He cooks almost all the time on the weekend. Your dad's always cooking. Yeah, and when he retired, he cooked full time. Yeah. Mom and your didn't mom stop him. And no. You know what? My mom likes to clean. So there my dad does whatever he wants in the kitchen. Yeah. My mom cleans up after him. There you go. They got a beautiful working system. You know, it's what works for right. y'all. The Lord puts you together. Um, the Lord knows your your right. your strength your, and weaknesses. Yeah. So work it out. Work, Figure yeah. it out. You don't have to set boundaries that don't. Um, now there are some boundaries that we shouldn't be crossing, but right. there are some. These are just silly boundaries. Yeah, exactly. These are the yeah. It's like <laughs> I made a joke with Ray. I can do technology. I don't like it. Right. I don't like dealing. With, I don't want to deal with the TV. I don't want to deal with the computer. I don't want to deal with the phone. I'd be just happy out in the middle of nowhere. So the deal is, is he takes care of my electronics and I take care of dinner. So I came home one day and he goes, hey, there's a new update. You got to do this, blah, blah, blah. I said, or I could hand you my phone and I'll cook dinner. He said, or that. <laughs> Listen, your your husband, he'll do that with all the latest yes. phones yes. in the church. Yes, he does. He does. That's he'll his thing. Go, he'll literally go around asking us, have y'all done your updates? Have y'all done your updates? Have y'all done your updates? And if we haven't, we literally just hand him our phone. We unlock it with the password. Yep. And he goes to desk. Fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Actually, I love it. There was a couple in the church. The guy's like, hey, um, can you can you write that in our vows? Can, uh, <laughs> can you write that in our vows? I'd like that in my contract. Exactly. It worked out great. So that's what you're, but what you're saying is it's like, fine, work together, figure out what you each other what, yeah. do and don't do it. Don't, but you know, if he really likes mowing the lawn and you do too, let him mow the lawn. Somebody has, I agree. you it, being in order means sometimes you have to give up something. If yeah. you both love mowing the lawn, let him do it. I had a friend that was her. She had like 10 acres Dang. and um, that was her daily exercise. Okay. Not daily. Yeah. Well, almost daily. Cause you can't mow 10 acres. No, in one may, day. No. She, and she purposely got a push mower. She didn't have a riding lawnmower. And she loved to be out in the sun. She just loved to put on her jams or her um, ministry that she would listen to on her headphones. And she would just walk around in the sun and get her exercise. And she loved it. And her husband was fine with this because he couldn't stand mowing the lawn. Yeah. No, I'm glad. Ray likes doing the lawn work. I'm glad. But I like being out in the sun. But I like washing the car. Right? Okay. You know? No. But okay. That's your thing. Yeah, I mean, 
it's not like obviously I don't get enough time to do it because you've seen my car. But I'm just saying, you know, every. So anyway, th- that's what we're trying to say is Adam and Eve were created differently, the not Lord, because one yeah. is better than the other, yeah. but because they have different functions so yeah. that they can work together. Being one flesh and mashing. Yeah. Think about it. Being one flesh. That means you're in sync. Yeah. You're walking the same way. You're talking the same way. You're in sync. When you're in one flesh, you're in sync. Yeah. If you get out of order, then you have this two headless, two headed monster. Yeah. Nobody wants a two headed monster. It never works out in the movies. It's like trying to pretend a sack race. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Have you ever done a three legged race? Have you done one? Yeah. I'm not very good at it because I'm so short and most people aren't. Yeah. Well, when you do it with a kid, you just kind of pick up the kid and start Uh. walking. I'm not sure if that's cheating or not, but it just works out that way. I say go for it. Anyway, so let's talk about that. So that's what I want to talk about because they did get out of order. That's when sin entered the world with Adam and Eve is when they got out of order. And that's why God had an order. He said, don't eat of the tree of the good and evil. You know, the tree tree of good and evil. The tree. Hang on. Did we talk about it in here? It's long. The tree of knowledge of Of good good and and evil. evil. Thank you. So he told Adam, don't eat it. Stay away. I gave you everything else to eat, but don't eat that. Don't eat that one. This thing. is where our free will comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not made for our decisions aren't made for us. We get to make the decision. So in Genesis three, it says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tr- fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will sh- not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat it, of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. All right, we're going to stop right there, kind of break a little bit down. because ending of verse five. Yes. Okay. Because... The enemy likes to take truth and mix in a little lie. Mm-hmm. And like Ray's always said, 99% truth plus 1% lie is still mm-hmm. 100% lie. And the enemy will do that because as we've been learning in our spy novels, <laughs> <laughs> it is better to stay with the truth. And that's what they'll teach you It's easier that. to remember. It's easier to remember the truth. Your cover. Yep. And so you stick to the truth as best you can. You rarely want to lie. So what the enemy does is he just takes the truth. And he mixes in a little lie to get you going. And that's how the enemy works on your mind. When you have that mental warfare against your husband or against a, a sibling or maybe against a family member, a parent. What he does is he takes the truth because nobody's perfect. And he mixes in a little lie to get you going, mm-hmm. to get you angry, to get you upset. And then you're trying to fish out the lie. And I'm, I'm been having to learn. Quit fishing out the lie and just know the truth. Right. Because once you know the truth, the lie will get popped out. Thank you for letting us share our tools to become the women God created us to be. If we encourage you today, visit us at moderndayabigails.com. Remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over.